0: You're listening to the Call Kent podcast, where Kent C. Dodds answers questions and gives insights to software engineers like you. Now, let's hear the call. Hey, Kent, my name is Cam, and I had the, the opportunity to learn under you in one of your React workshops, where you taught me and my team um, React and how to do it well so thank you so much our team is really thriving and we are standing by the principles that you taught us so one thing I wanted to know is what are your thoughts on Svelte like I know you love react and you're great at it but I've seen Svelte just start to rise in popularity and I just want to know like from your perspective what do you think about Svelte and where do you see the future of it going thanks And that was the call. Here's what Kent had to say. Hey Cam, thanks for the question. Uh, so Svelte is a very interesting technology. Of course, it's um, uh, you know quite different in in its approach to uh, updating the UI and the you know uh, framework that just kind of compiles away. Lots of really interesting ideas around Svelte, and a lot of people seem to really enjoy it. Um, I have. Been scarred by AngularJS for uh, two particular reasons that make me hesitant to jump on board with Svelte. And the first one is pretty simple it's the templating. Um, I just can't tell you how much time I spent getting really good at the AngularJS templates. And um, yeah, just I sunk so much time into that. Um, and like when there was a problem with the template, it was very, very difficult to figure out what the source of the problem was and and, whether it's a syntax error or otherwise. So, um, yeah, so uh, I've kind of been wasted on templates. Um, I just really, I I don't like templates at all. Um, And and the other thing is like when you leave the framework and move on to something else, all of the uh, time and energy you spent trying to learn um, uh, like the template syntax and everything, all of that is gone. Uh, With React, you spend like a, a day learning the uh, what JSX is and uh, and how to uh, translate uh, JSX expression into what it compiles down to to JavaScript and um, and then everything else after that is JavaScript and so every like cool trick that you learn or whatever you're all learning JavaScript tricks uh, and so you can take that with you anywhere that you go uh, with JavaScript is like a, an actual programming language Um So that's kind of a smaller thing. A lot of people may even be rolling their eyes listening to uh, this part. But the bigger thing for me is um, with AngularJS, I I struggled a great deal because uh, mutating data would trigger side effects. And I just really didn't like this. In particular, like in uh, an actual application at scale, uh, where you have a a team of developers or, or uh, some code that you're maintaining that you wrote months ago that you you don't remember very well. Um, it, was, it was so frustrating where like eventually you're going to write abstractions and you're going to pass your state to these abstractions and these functions and then that's going to pass to another function and whatever. And ultimately at some point it's very possible and, and reasonable for that um, the state value that you're passing to get mutated. Uh, if that's, you know, that's the way that things work in your framework. You mutate it and that updates the screen and, and that's kind of the way that things work and, and we really like that, I guess, with AngularJS and so um, that's what would happen. And even if you as a team say, no, we're not going to do the, do things that way, let's do pure functions or whatever you want to do. Um, the the fact of the matter is that's what will happen um, in an application at scale and that's what happened with AngularJS uh, with me. I spent a lot of time being really confused about what's triggering this state update, like trying to trace the uh, the flow of the code so that I could understand what's causing state updates and, and stuff like that. It was very difficult, really frustrating. And so uh, the same thing could happen with Svelte. And uh, it's it's possible that like they have better tooling to tell you exactly where in the code state updates are happening or whatever. But with React, I just really like that if you pass state to a function, I know 100% it is impossible for that function to mutate the state and trigger a state update or a, a, a re-render of the screen. It's just not possible. Now, if it is possible that somebody could pass the state updater function, um, and but then I know, I can see, oh, they're passing a the state updater function, so the set, uh, set alert or, or set status or whatever. Uh, so I'm going to have to go into that function to figure out What's what's going on there? So it's just much less likely uh, to happen that you would have unexpected state updates, and yeah, that just bit me so hard with Angular JS that um, seeing that anywhere in Vue in or in Svelte, um, I've just not not been super excited about that. Uh, and then of course there's the like the, so those are just like the technical um, issues that I, I struggle with when we're talking about Svelte. I realize that a lot of people are like, well, uh, Svelte gets rid of tons of boilerplate and stuff. Um, I don't really see it that way. Um, uh, like I, I see it as being a lot more implicit um, and you can become familiar with its API and its syntax uh, and that's that's fine. Um, but it's not like the boilerplate makes it harder to read. Um, and, it, or, and like writing, we don't write nearly as much as we read, so I, I don't have too much problem with uh writing of the um, React syntax. Um, so like getting rid of boilerplate is nice, but it's not necessarily something that I'm like just begging for out of the, my next framework or whatever. Um, and then of course there's the non-technical aspect of it as well. Uh, we don't really have a way to, to tell how widely used a particular framework is, uh, but the the best way that we can Uh, the best metric that we have, I think, is the developer tools uh, extension downloads. And if you are basing it off of that, then uh, React is uh, more widely used than all of the other frameworks combined. Um, And and Svelte is a very, very small number of that. So even though there's a lot of um, people talking about it on Twitter and stuff, the usage is still really low. And, And that's, like I said, that's not a technical judgment or anything like that, but it is, like, it does matter because the size of the community has a big impact on the number of resources you have, the libraries that you have, that sort of thing. And so it does make an impact. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's, that's just one thing to, to think about when uh, you're evaluating different frameworks to, to invest time in, uh, into. Now, when React was first getting off the ground, it was Angular. Everybody was looking at Angular and thinking, "Oh my gosh, like, why would you ever use React? Nobody's using that thing." So, uh, you want to keep that in mind as well. Um, but anyway, that's that's just something to think about. Um, and especially, um, like, if if I didn't have Remix, then I think that I would be maybe a little more interested in Svelte, uh, this particular Svelte Kit, because of uh, some of the really cool things that SvelteKit can do, but I have Remix now, and Remix solves so many of the problems that I had in building uh, full web applications. Um, and so, like I, the the view is just one small segment of that, and Remix can uh, just take care of so many of the other things. And the fact that uh, Re- Remix is using React is just like, oh, that's great because that's what I'm using and I really enjoy and appreciate using React for building my apps. But uh, primarily, I feel like I'm more of a Remix developer now than a React developer, um, if, if I were to label myself as any sort of developer like that. Um, so like eventually, it's possible that Remix could be uh, built to work with Svelte. Uh, in fact, when Remix first came out, um, somebody threw together an example of it working with Vue. Um, and so like it, it is possible to uh, get Remix to work with other frameworks. And I think that's awesome. And I, I, uh, so like, I, I'm less, um, I don't know um, if it were possible that React could get toppled over and I just decide I want to use something else. Um, I'm encouraged by the fact that it, it might be possible to be able to continue to use Remix um, and, and use whatever view library that I like. Um, well, that's that's very far in the future, I expect. Uh, and then the other thing is, I, I'm convinced that by the end of this decade, um, the computers are going to be doing the jobs that we're doing and we'll be doing something else primarily. So uh, I, I don't know what we'll be doing, but I, I believe that most of the, the time that I spend uh, as I'm developing software, uh, most of the activities that I'm doing there will be done primarily by um, artificial intelligence. And so my what I tell people is I say, React is the last framework you need to learn, the last UI framework you need to learn, because I'm convinced that before any other framework has a chance to topple it over um, with regard to popularity or relevance, um, we will have something just so drastically different that will basically mean we don't need to do what we're doing now, we'll be doing something else. And, um, and the fact that like it, we were deciding between Vue or, or React or Svelte or whatever um, is, is not entirely relevant. Like maybe those tool, the AI will be using these tools to build the UIs or whatever, um, maybe they won't. And it doesn't matter to me, uh, it doesn't make a difference because I won't be interacting with it, these tools directly anyway. So anyway, those are just some of my my thoughts on this windy afternoon. Um, hopefully that's helpful and interesting to you. And thank you for the question. Have a wonderful day. Bye. This has been the Call Kent podcast. Learn more about Kent at KentCDods.com and get your own questions answered at com slash calls.